My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a crisp autumn morning here in the capital and I'm delighted to say that joining me on today's show is Stephen Lands, Managing Director of Hawksford, a leading provider of corporate trust and fund administration services. Uh, Stephen, welcome to you and thank you so much for joining us on the programme today. Thank you. So fantastic having you. Um, I'm correct in saying, just for those sort of listeners that might be tuning in that might be unfamiliar with yourself and your business, Stephen, that you also head up um, your own business, don't you, um, SH Lands, and that's an involved in sort of chartered accountancy and audit work, isn't it? I'm correct in saying. That's right. Um, what happened was I ran SH Lands LLP as a accounting and audit practice for over 25 years. And then I met with the Hawksford Group, who are a Jersey headquarters, but Far East-focused corporate services business. And they took over the majority of my firm, but left the audit practice behind. So I still own the audit practice, which has got half a dozen staff, but I'm also the managing director of Hawksford's uh, office in London, which has about 25 staff. Fantastic. So many years experience in finance services in some way, shape or form then. Um, but I suppose when it comes to the last 18 months in any industry, the word on everyone's lips is unprecedented when we talk about the challenge of the COVID-19 pandemic that we've faced. Um, for your sector, uh, Stephen, just how has it affected things sort of operationally from your personal perspective? Uh, initially, it was a real shock. We had to close the office. Uh, we had a couple of days, well, we could see what was happening. So to start with, we split the staff into two teams. Um, and the week before the big lockdown at the end of March, uh, we sent half the staff home so that we could test their IT systems working from home. And then uh, a couple of days later, we sent the other half of the staff home so we could test their system. So we knew everybody could work from home should that happen. Um, And then on the 23rd of March, uh, Boris Johnson made the announcement. We were able to close the office. Everybody worked from home, and everybody continued working as they did before, but on a remote basis. And given that that there's something that sort of came about out of necessity and you knew that you were able to facilitate that, um, is that something that you think is going to remain in place sort of for the longer term, given how sort of hybrid working, remote working is now being talked about as potentially part of the norm moving forward in the UK? Um, Yes. At the moment, we require staff to come in a minimum of two days a week, but that's on, on an average. So sometimes... They work three or four days, and then the following week, nothing. Um, But it fits in with them. So we've moved to a much more flexible hybrid working arrangement uh, than the traditional nine-to-five, everybody in the office. Um, And that looks like it's going to continue for the foreseeable, whatever happens with COVID. Mm, that's certainly very interesting and I suppose there have been some benefits to come out of that as well for maybe the work-life balance of some of your employees and I think yeah yes yes I mean yes uh, a lot of the uh, staff especially those with younger children appreciate this they can spend more time at home with their young children Mm. um, and can work flexibly 
So it does improve a lot of people's work-life balance. And on the mental health side of things as well, I suppose that's something that's sort of been amplified more than ever before by the pandemic, hasn't it? Um, not just in terms of our sort of work-life balance, but also in terms of sort of morale and all of that sort of thing. Um, when you've been sort of looking to kind of maintain that over the course of the year, the last 18 months at a time where, you know, we've been in a severe economic recession, jobs have been at risk um, in various firms up and down the country, just how much of a challenge sort of was it to sort of keep everybody focused? Um, it wasn't too bad. To be honest, we only furloughed one person, which was our receptionist. The office was closed, and mm-hmm. when we reopened, uh, we had very, very few visitors. Um, and then we moved from furlough to flexible furlough, and she's now back full-time. Uh, the rest of the business quite seamlessly moved from uh, being full-time in the office to full-time working from home. The uh, the mental health side was quite interesting. A lot of people felt they missed the social interaction of being in work, mm. the social interaction with their peers. Um, the younger members of staff who are training felt they missed out on the close supervision they get when they're in the office. So, you know, there are, it is swings and roundabouts. Some staff you know, got a lot out of it, um, better quality of life, more time with their families, but others uh, felt they were missing out. I think it just goes to show that there's always going to be a place for the office environment, the workplace, in the workplace of the future, um, doesn't it? Because when you are in an office space together, of course, you do have that social interaction that I think we've missed for large periods of the last couple of years. Um, But also, it brings those water cooler moments, doesn't it, that are so key, especially in business, for innovation. And that's also something that business leaders have really got to consider moving forward when they're assessing what their working practices are like likely to be. Yes, I think that's right. And I think when it comes to the um, upcoming month especially as well, it's going to be an important time for flexible working practices because the government is due to unveil the findings of its consultation on making flexible working the norm and sort of making that right to request a flexible working arrangement more of a right to have. And it's just about how they're going to facilitate that tra- that transition. Um do you think that it's better to sort of keep working policies like this in the hands of employers as opposed to in the hands of ministers? I think that's right. There, every business is different and every business has different needs. Um, some jobs lend themselves to working from home, especially financial services like we are in. But others, um, anything like hospitality, you know, working from home is just impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really needs to be tempered for the business needs in every case. I think that's absolutely right, and I certainly um, agree yeah, with that. Um, looking back on the sort of last um, couple of years, by and large, then, uh, Stephen, um, we've talked about COVID um, obviously as a major challenge, but from challenges and setbacks, we, of course, learn in our leadership roles in any position, even. So, would you say that there are some key things that you may be taken away that you have learned from this experience of, let's call it, crisis management? Yeah, I mean, the, it, it, it may sound uh, a little cynical, but uh, expect the unexpected. Mm. Um, nobody saw this coming. Um, I can never imagine that we'd have to close the office completely. We'd have to, you know, 
go away from the office for three months. Um, business travel has came to a complete halt. Um, our business is very international with 90% of our clients based outside of the UK, um, a lot from emerging markets, um, and we, we were completely cut off from them. So marketing and our marketing budget just became, were just unspent, um, and it was you know, a complete change for the business. Um, everything went online, every, you know, you, you know, thank goodness for Zoom and mm. Teams and, you know, Skype and you know, all these similar applications came to the fore, and without them, we you know we would have been sunk. Absolutely right. Technology has sort of really stepped up to the uh, the plate over the course of the last eighteen months with the advent of Zoom and sort of keeping connected in such a way. And I think yep. technology certainly is going to play much more of a part in uh, the way that we do business in the future. I mean, we talked about flexible working models, um, of course, remaining for some, but when it comes to even things as simple as attending sort of business meetings, certain um, expos, conventions and things, a lot of events are now starting to sort of go virtual in the business world, aren't they, with sort of sustainability considerations in mind? Exactly. I mean, you know, we've now attended a number of virtual networking events using special software where you move from table to table virtually. Um, and yeah, this is all new, but uh, some of it will continue, especially for international networking events, uh, because people are have the confidence to go out to physical events in the UK, but they haven't yet got the confidence to do a lot of business traveling. Exactly right. And when we're talking about climate change as well, um, having sort of hosted COP26 in the UK, this country, and we're thinking a lot more about the carbon footprint of ourselves individually in our businesses, we're probably going to start seeing a lot more of this, aren't we? People actually tuning into these sort of events over um, a laptop rather than actually sort of taking a plane out for sort of a one day meeting. I think that's right. And, you know, all organisations now are looking at their carbon footprint, uh, looking at their social responsibility. And a very much internationally focused business like ours used to spend a lot of money on on flights, and that's come right down. Um, we we have offices in the Far East. No one from Europe has been out to any of those offices for over a year, and you know we've got international travel um, you know, it has it has cut down markedly. Um, and there's only a few short-haul flights to Europe that are now authorised. And we're in a period, aren't we, now where sort of the pandemic has eased to a point where, at least in um, England, you know, we're operating almost restriction-free by the re-implementing of masks from uh, today, given the rise of the uh, the Omicron variant. Of course, let's hope that that doesn't sort of take hold as we've seen uh, previous um, strains do in the past. Um, but with sort of that in mind and with sort of the economic gains that we've seen domestically, you're sort of an international business. So have you sort of seen kind of the same trajectory and the same optimism amongst your clients and are you sort of feeling good about the future moving forward now? Yes, the uh, the amount of new business uh, coming into the UK is very encouraging, especially around fintech and other financial businesses. London is still the financial centre of Europe. Brexit hasn't affected that at all. Um, and we see a lot of interest in European and 
Far Eastern businesses uh, coming to set up in London. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and ideally, Chen, um, with all of that in mind, um, if you could sort of target something to have accomplished by this time in 2022, where ideally would you like to sort of see your business by this time next year? Uh, we'd like to be able to grow, take on a few more people, um, and act for larger financial businesses who are setting up in the UK. Uh, there, there is an enormous opportunity. Uh, Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies are becoming much more mainstream. London is one of the, the centers for FX dealing, and that has now morphed into cryptocurrency dealing. And this, this is an enormous opportunity for London. Uh, and also, since we're now outside of the EU, we can set our own financial regulation. And the UK is uh, set fair to capitalise on this large change that is change that is coming to uh, the financial market. Absolutely, it's going to be very huge and very interesting times for that particular marketplace. I think that's absolutely right. And uh, just before I uh, let you go, uh, Stephen, given sort of your success in your own business leadership role, um, a lot of younger listeners on this podcast, especially, do tend to be of the entrepreneurial mindset that may have their own sort of big business idea and may just be looking at this challenging economic landscape and maybe eyeing up some opportunities out there. Um, so, if you had to give maybe one piece of advice to those sorts of people looking to start a business for themselves what would your advice to them be uh don't be put off uh just because the there may be economic headwinds uh those economic headwinds affect everybody uh if you're going to do it plan for it uh make sure you have finance make sure that you don't need to draw a lot of money immediately out of your business um and commit yourself a hundred percent to it, and you know, unless you have an idea that's just not going to work, the chances of you failing if you prepare properly uh, are very small. And I think a key element of that 100% commitment as well is not to expect overnight success, like a lot of people seem to fall into that trap. Yes, yes everything takes time. Don't be impatient. Nothing happens overnight. And if you stick with it, you will be successful. I think that's incredibly sound advice indeed, Stephen, and anybody tuning in would do very, very well to heed that. Um, we are just about out of time on the show today, but thank you so much for joining us. It's been absolutely wonderful having you on the programme. And who knows, maybe even at some point in the next few months as we start to see the financial services marketplace taking shape, we might have the opportunity to come back onto the show and revisit this and just talk about the success that SH Lands in Hawksford is having in the new market. Yes, uh, I'd be happy to. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Stephen, thank you once again for uh, joining us and uh, do take care and stay safe with all that's still going on moving forward. Okay, you too. Thanks very much. Absolutely. And to all of our regular listeners that are tuning into the podcast today, if you've listened to this episode and feel that you have your own story of success and innovation to share, then by all means, you can apply to be on the programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply, and it may well be you that we're interviewing next. Um, until that next time, everybody, please do take care and goodbye.